Welcome back to In the Trenches podcast, the podcast by youth pastors for youth pastors. On today's episode, Elliot, Gary, and Charlie have Rick Pineda Schmidt on the podcast to talk about what it is like to be a new youth pastor. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's going on, everyone? Hope you guys are doing good. We are back with another episode of In the Trenches, and we have a, a great host with us today, a great guest with us today. All the way up from Santa Maria, we have the Santa one Maria, bro. Santa Maria, Maria. I, don't, yeah. I don't know, bro. Santa Maria, that's <laughs> your cousin's name. <laughs> Santa Maria, get in here, dinner's ready. <laughs> no, that, that's. I don't feel like that's not a white person's name, but here we are. Um, but we're with Rick. Rick, man, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. This is a little different. Having a microphone right here, I can hear my own voice, but. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you like it. Yeah, you just walk around with a microphone now and headphones so you can hear yourself the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I like my own voice, mm. but I just like hearing myself. Mm-hmm. I get you. E- you know? Yeah. Yeah. So all of us as youth pastors <laughs> <laughs> just like hearing ourselves. I actually don't like hearing myself. Like that like makes back, two of us. You know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna walk <laughs> off. You guys got it. Here. I love hearing you, Charlie. Do you? Yeah. Mm, okay. It's like an episode of Bonanza. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, right, bro. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> Hee-haw. Hee-haw, yee-haw. Um, but I hope you guys are doing good. Elliot, man, is so glad. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast sometimes. But today I am. Good. And uh, Gary, it's always a pleasure to have you. You're back with us today. It's good to be back after being suspended for one episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One episode suspension. And then, and then uh, I feel like Elliot and myself need to be suspended for one uh, episode after that. I don't know yeah, what, what happened, happened bro. Dude, just, at the end, we lost it. I just listened to it the other day. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. No. It was doable. It was good. Yeah. Well, it was, it was good. good because Josh and David were on it. Mm-hmm. Me and Elliot just made faces at each other the entire time. Yep. But, hey, we're here, and Rick's with us, and I'm so excited that you're here with us. Um but Rick, what we'd like to do is, uh, as we open up any podcast, is one, to share who you are, where you work, um, what you do for a living, uh, any fun random fact that you'd like for the listeners to be able to know, and then we ask um, to share one crazy youth ministry story that you might have. Yeah, um, my name is Rick Pineda. I am from, well, right now living in Santa Maria. I'm a youth pastor there uh, at Pacific Christian Center. I've been there for about four years now. Um, a little bit about me. I'm f- actually from small town Chowchilla, which is in the Central Valley. Um, I don't know if anyone on this podcast will hear this and know the town. We have more cows than people. Mm, sounds um, like Norco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I grew up there uh, most of my life and then moved to Santa Maria in 2016. So um, definitely, I I love big cities, but I have that small town heart, you know? Oh, just amen, knowing, brother. Yeah, just, I, I loved... Growing up, sitting at Starbucks, that's the only thing we had in the town that was like a corporation thing. And um love sitting outside and having, you know, coffee, whatever, with friends. And people down the street would drive down and be like, hey, you know, Rick, or they, they would know someone. And mm-hmm. that's what I kind of like about small towns is you always know someone. But at the same time, you know, if you're doing something bad or, or there's drama on the weekend, everyone on Monday knows. Were you, you involved know? in a lot of that? Uh, I wasn't saved at one point, so yes, uh, I was, yeah. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> yeah, now now it's not, now it's different. But um, yeah, so right now I'm serving uh, my church in Santa Maria. Um, by yourself? 
Uh, no, not by myself. I am married. Yeah, I just saved your butt, bro. I know, I know. She, she's over there right, right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I married uh, KK Schmid. Um, did not take her last name. Uh, yeah, debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you guys might think so. <laughs> um, but this month, December, will be seven months we've been mm, married. Wow. Yeah, so. Uh, for, and for everyone who doesn't know, KK is like my little sister. So she grew up in my actual little sister was her best friend in um junior high kk started coming to church with us in junior high and so like i grew up with her and then i got to be her youth pastor for like a year then she was one of my leaders and then rick was like wow hey what's going on here (laughs) and then she started dating rick and then yeah now they're married and they're doing ministry together in santa maria so pretty cool so Love would it. you would you say you set them up? I did not. I can't take credit for that. That was Charlie Bacar. He was like, "Hey, I have this. I want like, Rick. Do you like KK?" And then that's how it all happened. Yeah, Charlie Charlie Bacar was my mentor. He's the one that hired me first at yeah the church and um, all that. And he yeah he knew he I was, set them up. I yeah, I helped. Yeah. The, I didn't like not help, but yeah. Charlie Bacar did the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting. Yeah, I guess so. If heavy lifting is like making it very awkward between me and KK. He did. He, he's a good, he does a good job at the stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was definitely awkward when we first met and then she just stuck with it with me and was like, this kid's weird, but you know, his youth pastor is weird, but I'm going to try it out. And then now here we are seven months being married, um, wow. got engaged during COVID. So that was interesting. Um, had to postpone the engagement multiple times due to, um, flights being canceled, um, you know, exposed to COVID and had a quarantine, all that. But um, yeah, so she she actually leads our kids ministry at nice. our church. Yeah, so we have we're taking care taking care of kids from kindergarten uh, all the way until seniors in high school. Yeah, she does kids, I do youth, uh, which is kind of crazy, but makes us makes us appreciate not having kids right now because we yeah. get to just at the end of each like you know ministry service give the kids back to the parents yeah and that's like the best part right now so, i feel you i feel you elliot yeah. doesn't have that feeling anymore mm-hmm. but yeah okay. man's a whole dad mm-hmm. a whole dad <laughs> yep rick one thing that we'd like to ask all of our uh, listeners and everyone that hops on the podcast with us is this question of what is a a crazy youth ministry story that you have yeah um the first one that comes to mind um i was a youth student at the time um and Maybe some of you guys can relate, but like the early 2000s of ministry was like um, different from nowadays. Like if you try to recreate some videos or some verbiage, like um, I don't know, like I feel like nowadays it wouldn't go well. And I say that because this is a story and I won't say my church name, but I I, I love my old youth group back home and and all that. But um, as a student, we had uh, we're going on a a missions trip. Um, It's probably a bad story, but. We're going on a mission trip and, you know, we're, we're fundraising, right? We're having a um, uh, whole dinner where, where people can buy tickets and we had a d- dessert auction. Um, and then we had a, a student auction. And we, the students who want to go on a mission trip um, would get on stage and our youth pastor would be like, hey, this kid is very strong. You can you can bid for him oh, or her, yeah, and like they can mow your lawn, they can do your yard work, Gosh. they can uh, if you're moving, they can help you move, and uh, it was it was a auction of youth kids, and I was part of it, and 
and that is part is horrible. How and, much did you go for? Yeah, that's a real question. This, <laughs> you know, to this day, I don't know. I I don't know. I think I probably went for like five hundred. Okay. Wow. Hey, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a legitimate fundraising thing that used to happen in youth ministry. Right. You, all you over. remember, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I won't say if I did them or not, but because <laughs> you don't want to get canceled, bro. But and they actually were called the 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 worst name possible. Yeah. Goodness yeah. gracious. And and that's why I say like early two thousands ministry. Like sometimes you wouldn't do you would not do it nowadays. Eighties and nineties, you would. This was a main fundraiser for a lot of youth groups. Yeah. Wow. And they would actually call it that. What would they call it? Like a student auction? No, it, uh, like a the the word that the, I'm thinking of, the S word that you're thinking. Of. No yes. way, for real? Yeah, it's called that sale. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like not, not even okay. Now, where is this Norco? Come on, guys. <laughs> now, the, still do that? Never mind. now the goodness the, gracious. I guess the more worse, I guess part was we did a promo video. And, uh, oh man, no, we should probably just stop. We're not going to get anything into this episode. <laughs> We're going to have to keep editing things out, bro. Here, I have, I have, I have a second one. Go, no, no, this is still good stuff. I want to hear what I think okay, we okay. could keep. I think we the could video. keep okay, okay, this. Okay. Just tell us the video. <laughs> so, uh, it was, um, my youth pastor was recording us. It was me, a youth leader, and a couple of our students. And, uh, he was recording all of us just like doing odd jobs, you know, yeah. like, uh, pretending to mow a lawn, um, Pretending to do yard work, pretending to move stuff from storage unit, storage unit, all that to like, and like the 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 captions on the video was like, you can you know um, have your 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 student do this, you know, and have us do whatever <laughs> activity. And at the end, um, the last one, and and reference, uh, me and my family were um, probably one of the first, if not like very few Hispanic families of our church, mm. very. Um, heavy in, in the whites, whites and the yeah. people of Caucasia. Um, <laughs> and so like that, so yeah, so we were just one of the very few Hispanic families and the last action of the video of like, you can have your student do this even. And it, it like cut to like a green field okay. and it had me in a hat, like yeah. picking. And it was like, you can have this student, you have your student pick fruit for you. Wow. And then it cut to like, after me showing me picking like you know pretend fruit i was like on the side of the road with a sign saying we'll work oh for money and then it had my <laughs> i had the youth leader pull up in the in a beat up truck no tell me to get in the back no, i got in the back no. and then, no, i'm not even kidding <laughs> it's brilliant my goodness i'm hispanic i can laugh at this you let it be let me known i'm not laughing at elliot <laughs> bland is not charlie is crying <laughs> I want to. I'm Maybe not we, getting. I'm not going down video, for this, boys. I did a video one time for camp. We should. I remember this. And the whole theme of that camp was excellence. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And and Gary picked up his camp host from Home Depot. And it, no, it was. I did not do that. It was in no, the video. The video wasn't that. The video was how to raise money for Speed the Light. And one of the ways we did is we had some of our kids who were hosting their Hispanic, like I am, like yeah. you are. Yeah. They were standing out in front of Home Depot. Yes. And that's that, what I'm saying. That's Speed the Light. We weren't picking them up. It was for Speed the Light. Yeah, but you picked <laughs> them up outside of Home Depot. For Speed the Light. Yeah, for Speed the Light. I will bro. say, I will say, because it happened oh to me. Oh my gosh. My, I will say this, my youth pastor, he's not a senior pastor. I, I love him. He's not racist or anything. The church isn't anything like that. It was just. Yeah, don't it, it drop just, his name, bro. No, 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 no. It this was dude's getting canceled. It was just, it was just <laughs> a different time. Different time. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm not hurt at all by. I, I 
Every now and then. We all love Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Charlie Picard. He, he's gone on to do some great things since then. He works in Norco. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> not true. But that's, no, yeah, that's I out just, of pocket, bro. Yeah, that's I just crazy. Yeah, I every now and then the videos are still up. Really, that's a thing. Like I know the account. <laughs> I can go the account. It's it's still on there. So I every now and then, I just you kind of are like I could cancel this guy if I wanted I, to. I could, yeah. yeah. But I I love him. Yeah, I don't know if I want to use that story. I have another one, which no, is not as bad. But I think we could use great. it. I don't yeah. know. Let, I want it to be known. I didn't laugh like Charlie laughed. Yeah, I saw Elliot. He was like in it. I didn't laugh. You laughed, bro. No, I didn't. You laughed. Just so we know, I am I am full Salvadoran. I am brown. Okay, so I I approve this message. I can. <laughs> yeah, this yes. podcast is real fifty fifty right now. <laughs> Charlie and I need to <laughs> plead the fifth, bro. All right. Well, there is. Uh, yeah. Wow. Do we, All do, right. we do we want to keep that? Or oh, we're keeping. I it. think that's great. Yeah. Okay. I think this is great. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys that are out there listening to that story right now got a good laugh just like Elliot did. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, let's get on to um, some more of the youth pastor talk now. Um, so one thing when I, I reached out to Rick, um, we were talking about kind of some things that we wanted to go over in the podcast. And um, Rick is somewhat of a new youth pastor. He's been in the game for a little bit now, but there are still questions that come up as a new youth pastor that um, that kind of Rick and I were kind of going back and forth on. And so really what we want to do is kind of a little bit different. Instead of me asking questions today, I'm going to give the floor to Rick and you get to kind of propose some questions um, for us to answer or for us to give a response to that um, you have. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've... It, it's crazy. I'm sorry. I just burped into the mic. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, um, I this past uh, March this year, I hit my one year hmm. mark of being like the youth guy. Um, but it was crazy because I came in um, working when Char- Charlie Bacard, who was the youth pastor at our church, and I was working under him, he transitioned to uh, Norco, which Charlie, that's where you're from. And that's where you're at right now. And um, when he transitioned, I had one week in my actual office. And then the end of the week was COVID and everything got shut down. Mm. And I had to learn how to be an online youth pastor um, with just no experience at all in in that field. But um, yeah, like one of the questions I had um, as I kind of think of when I started and even now, like still trying to, you know, traverse what it means to truly be a youth pastor and lead, you know, students and this next generation is um, for you guys, for like Gary and Elliot and, and Charlie, you too, because you are older than me, right? You're older than me, right? I think so. Yeah. Charlie's like 30, bro. <laughs> are you 30? No, no, I'm 27. 27. Almost. Might as well be 30. Yeah. Well, I'll take it though. I'll take it that you think I'm young. I'm young at heart. Yeah. You, yeah. you look younger. But um, so what, one of my questions was, what were some of the biggest mistakes that you made um, as, I guess, the new guy or first starting out in ministry? Yeah. Well, I never auctioned a kid, so I don't <laughs> know, man. Like, I think I did pretty well as a new guy <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> Goodness gracious, dude. Uh, no, yeah, I think we've all made a ton of mistakes. Like, that's a part of um, – Craig Rochelle says, if you don't fail, then you're not really – relying on faith because if if every single choice you make and every single 
thing is calculated, it means you're relying on your own strength and your own abilities, which is for the detriment of your ministry. And so I think failure isn't bad and it's something we shouldn't like shy away from even in ministry. Um, especially in, in youth ministry, I think we have more freedom than other ministries do to yeah. try things and to, you know, um, like definitely ideas I've talked about on the podcast. We did this like duet thing. KK probably remembers it, which was stupid. It like didn't really work really well. Trying to help kids give and we did lip sync battles or, you know, like, so there was like strategic organizational things we tried that didn't work, but even just my own leadership style, I started really young. I feel like I was like insecure in my leadership abilities And so looking back, there was a lot of ways that I just led people um, that I don't feel like I wasn't justified in what I was doing or the, you know, but I wasn't effective. And that's the lesson I learned early on in ministry was like, just because I was right, technically, Mm -hmm. didn't mean I was handling it the right way, which is such a like a fine line and a tough thing to figure out is like, just because you're justified. You know, it's like, well, these leaders should be, they signed up, they should be here for our leaders meeting and they should show up on time. And I was kind of like, I don't know, power tripping or just like really aggressive about, my heart was in the right place, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't handling it effectively. I'd say that's where a lot of my failures came and just learning to like lead people, you know, as a young man. And I mean, still figuring out today, but you know, that was a lot of my failures. Yeah, I think for me, at least, I know like kind of the same story as Ellie. I started when I was younger. I was 20 when I started um, and I took over for kind of a a little bit of a sticky situation, I can say. Um, And so when I got into it, the 20, we had like four leaders and I was like, what we're going to do is we're going to grow this thing. We're going to build this thing up. And I came in with such high ambition, which isn't a bad thing at all. But what I ended up doing was when we did start to grow what ended up happening was I got, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode with Josh and David was I got <clears throat> um, into this like unhealthy sense of competition mm. with other people and even our own high school group in our church. And um, <clears throat> what it was, was it became more of a competition with other churches. And that's not really what it is. Cause the follow up with that, one of the biggest things that I did um, I would say wrong, or I should have done more of was, um, connecting with other youth pastors and Mm. we say it all the time on this podcast but for the first three years of ministry i really had no other youth pastors that i would connect with i didn't really know anybody else even within our own network and it i think going back looking back in time now if i would have had those relationships how much headache i would have not gone through if i would have had someone a little bit older than me a little bit wiser than me that has been in the game for longer um to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. so networking having that person in your corner to um to ask these questions to you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would say for me, it would probably be just delegating and not trying to do it all myself and understanding the importance of delegation. Mm-hmm. And and it's not just about me not carrying the weight of everything. It's more so about leaders and volunteers feeling like they have an ownership and a role um, and, and understanding the importance of giving them that. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I think I think for me, my, my one of my biggest weaknesses is delegation because... And I remember Charlie, Charlie being my, my mentor before he transitioned out to Norco. Um, he always talk about that with me because my, my thing is I know how a service should run. You know, I know how leaders should lead. I know how, you know, worship should be worship. And I know all that, but I can't do all that. 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't worship. I can't be in every single small group. Yeah. Um, and yeah, delegation for me is, is like big because it's, it's, it's offering that responsibility to someone else, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe I'm have that grip on that. I don't want to yeah. give up yet, you know, but yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, my next question kind of following up with kind of Ellie, what you said, how do you deal with, um, how do you deal with failure? And, and I guess it kind of, a more deeper sense of that is how do you deal with, I guess, doing things differently than a guy before you? Yeah. Like, so doing things differently and then not working or just doing things differently? Um, I, I would say both doing things differently and it not working and, um, just doing things differently too. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I don't know. It, I think it's all depending upon like what that looks like for you, what type of youth ministry you're stepping into. Cause like I could speak from my experience. I wasn't taking over a failing ministry. Like my youth pastor had a healthy ministry. Like he was my youth pastor, KK's youth pastor for a little bit too. So like he had done great work in training us, but I had vision and dreams to build off of what he had created. Um, And so I think sometimes youth pastors are taking over from a guy or a girl who like maybe the youth ministry was struggling. And so I think there's more intensity of like, you got to shake things up. You know, you got to reboot the system. But, um, and again, too, I was, I was taking over my home church as you did, as Charlie did, as Gary did, everybody on this podcast has a really similar, similar perspective. Mm -hmm. But I think it's different too. If you're going into someplace you don't know, I do think there's a little bit of a, a responsibility to kind of get to know the people and the culture before you can do anything. So if you take over someplace you already know, I think it gives you more freedom to try things, you know, yeah. because you've already been there. You know the kids, you know their names, you know the parents. There's more trust. Yeah. If you're going somewhere brand new and taking over for someone else, I think there's a little bit of a responsibility of like, hey, get just take a little bit and know the culture before you start to create your own culture, you know? Um, that's huge. Yeah. And so, and even as you take over a place you already have, like, I think that there is wisdom in slow rolling certain things, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's so black and white though. I think we make, you go to these youth pastor leadership sessions and you go to one person and they're like, you got to wait five months before you (laughs) even do anything. And it's like, maybe, but I don't know, like, cause I know that there are instances where you just have so much vision and so much passion and the right move is, yeah, let's just, let's just kick it into gear. And so I, I think, again, a lot of it just depends on your situation, yeah. who you're taking over for. Um, but y- you can learn from everybody. Like, you know, <laughs> you can learn from from a person who you don't like what they do. And I think that's the funniest thing, too, especially when you take over from the place that you grew up in. You're very much like, this is how I would do it if I could do it. And then you oh, get yeah. the chance to do it. And it's like, um, OK, <laughs> I kind of get why they did it that way. You know, yeah, you're yeah. like, you, I think the longer you get into anyone could start something it's easy bro to start something it's exciting you're new there's so much passion behind it but who can continue something you know and so i think you realize the longer you're in ministry especially in the place where you took over for someone else you're like oh i get why they did that oh let's try that again you know because i think that might work but yeah no i i agree 100 percent. i think sometimes um people can jump in so like just ready to make a change and it's like realistically not saying this is what you did um but just sitting there and letting like the service unfold uh, in front of you or taking that month and just like what's working 
what's going smooth and what are some things that we can um, some things that we can change. And, and, and this is even something that I'm starting to do with, with Robert and Christian, our youth directors, is after every Wednesday night, I send them four questions. Like what was good? What was awkward for a student in there? What's something that we could probably change? And then what's something that just went absolutely great you want to see happen next week? Mm. And it's just these four simple questions that kind of self-evaluate that service. But even for a new youth pastor jumping into that role where you've adopted something that um, maybe – per se isn't your own mold but what's working with it what's something that you feel like can be changed what's something that you think that uh, is a little awkward for a student that's their very first time showing up to a church service that maybe we shouldn't be doing next week and it's always just taking from what uh, my opinion taking and learning and growing from those that came before you and how you can improve on that yeah yeah i would say though it's there's an important part of that to for a youth pastor to begin to create his own thing mm-hmm. or their own thing as far as kind of establishing their vision yeah. and their dream and what they're yeah. wanting to do and and not just living out um, the person before them's vision and dream because it, it, it could be similar, but more than likely it's going to be a bit different. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you don't want to, again, you, you, you use wisdom and how quickly you do those things. But I also feel like at some point you've got to make it your own. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be excited about it, if you're going to have vision for it, then you've got to be able to establish some of those things um, even early on. Yeah. yeah. And I think it all comes back to like, why, why are you making a change? Yeah. Like, cause I think sometimes people get into like change for change sake, you know, like mm-hmm. I just want, I, I just want to do it just because, you know, and I think it's like, if we're just why are you getting rid of something or why are you keeping it? Like everything should have intention behind it, you know? And so if you're just like, well, why are we keeping the same name that we kept before? Well, because it's what we've always had. Like, that's not a good enough reason. But then why are you changing it? Just because I want to, that's not a good enough reason either, you know? So I think it's just having that level of like vision and allowing the spirit to lead us. Because that's ultimately what we are. We're we're vessels that we're allowing God to lead us and God will speak to us. God Mm -hmm. will tell us, hey, you need to change. I think it's a season to change the name, right? If you're at Norco, that happens every two years. They're going to change the name (laughs) of the youth ministry. But uh, (laughs) the different shops in the mall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) but they're going to whatever you do. I think it just needs to have intention behind it. Right, Charlie? Yeah, super intention. Yeah. But I I will say this, too, because this is something that is fresh in my mind, um, not having name changes every two years. But um, for those that are in the position where maybe so for me recently, I've stepped out of the youth pastor role and more in our generations role, overseeing youth and kids. And so we have new youth directors in those positions. And one of the hardest things that I've had to do is allow those younger than me make changes. Mm. And I think if there's anyone that is out there, especially when you know, it's not going to (laughs) work. No, I'm saying that's no, that's like for real though. Like it is hard. Even when, not even if you're just a generation pastor, sometimes we talk about delegating as a youth pastor, you give someone the games for that night and you're like, I know how this can work really well. And they pitch an idea. And sometimes you got to just veto stuff for the good of the ministry. But sometimes you got to let people fail, you know. Mm. And that's what's tough is when you just Mm -hmm. see people doing games on stage and they're just bombing and you're just sitting back there just like, oh, my gosh, this is. But hopefully then you a good leader talks to them afterwards and is like, hey, how did you feel about that? (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So 
just yeah. being open for that, being open for that that change and being okay with it. I think but also the, the security of if they do it better than you could, because I think yeah. both are tough. You know, like I think we're yeah. all like we always go to that example of like, yeah, you give it to your leaders and they're not going to do it as well. But some <laughs> of them might do it better than you. Do. You know, you have that student, that senior, you let them speak and they speak better than you can. Yeah. Like, are you secure in that? You know, yeah. like, are you secure in your own abilities and what you're good at? to recognize someone else is better at something mm. than you, even yeah. if it's something you like. Because I think we're always good at like, uh, the, the example is always like, I'm so bad at administration, but thankfully <laughs> I have you. And it's like, okay, but what about the person who's better at speaking than you? What about yeah. the person mm. who's better at the thing that you think you're the best at? You yeah. know, are you okay with that? And I think that's a part of the whole delegation thing as well is like, For sure. you got to let people fail, but you also got to let people succeed. Yeah, you know? that's good. Yeah, I... Uh, a little bit about me, like my hobbies. I, I love photography. Um, I love my film cameras and all that, and digital too. But that's one thing that I am learning to give up with, like, because we all know youth Instagram, it has to be pretty popping, right? Mm-hmm. We have to have pictures of our kids, like hanging out, games and all that. And so I used to be the, the main one that took pictures. And then being a full time guy, you know, I can't be taking pictures, yeah. you know, during service and preach and all that. And that's, that's one area that I've learned to give up. Because um, yeah. I have a leader who she's amazing at taking pictures. Um, and I would even say so, like, way better than me. And that's one area that I'm learning to give up is, like, like, like delegation. I, I know what pictures I want. Yeah. But also I know that, that, that she's going to do this way better than me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping that Rick was just going to, like, like, totally... Like that you talking about cameras and stuff had nothing to do with what we were talking about. Like like that he was just like out of nowhere. He was like, so one thing about me is one of my favorite hobbies is taking pictures. And then he just stopped and was like, what do you guys think about that? That would have been so funny, dude. Plug my Instagram, if huh? just, yeah. yeah, if just nothing to do with what we're talking about, you're like, yeah, so that's all good, guys. But one of my favorite hobbies is I, I collect stamps. And we're like, okay, dude. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. Um... And I guess uh, my last question, um, I kind of put a couple together. Um, so how did you deal, um, and maybe for some youth pastors listening to this that aren't dating anybody or married or whatever, but um, in general family, how, how did you deal balancing ministry and family? Because um, I've had pastors tell me that, you know, you're, you, you do ministry with your family and all that, but I've had also like someone like Charlie who's told me that, hey, like it's, it's God your family in the ministry because mm-hmm. um, you don't want to sacrifice your family life, like your home life. Cause if it's not, if that's not good, it's definitely, not, it's going to overflow into the ministry, you know? Um, yeah. So h- how did you guys deal with whether when you were single or, or, or married, cause all of us are married right now. Um, how do you deal with that of balancing out family and ministry? I think it, it has to be exact. That has to be a balance. A balance means there's, it's even, mm-hmm. um, you know and and so it's making sure everything's even obviously god's given us a calling so there's responsibility to that calling so it is going to be a priority in our life um to to serve in that ministry to do that ministry to answer god's calling um so for us it being in youth ministry and so we do have a responsibility to that and and there's times when um in our marriage where amy knew like it's camp week, so he's really busy, and that's a priority, and I don't need to put, you know, more weight on him to be like, you also have to make sure you're getting time with us. It was mm. a busy season, and she knew that, and, and so we'd get that done. 
Um, uh, but again, it's what we're talking about. How do you balance time? Well, it's got to be balanced. And yeah. so it's making sure your um, family is a priority. I just had a conversation um, literally about 20 minutes ago with a youth pastor who um, was kind of asking the same thing. And, and, and how do you do that? And it really comes down to this. Um, when you do have time that you're doing ministry, then it's it's a priority and you're doing it. But when you have family time, um, that's a priority. And it's making sure your family, and this is something I've had to really work hard on and, and got wrong more times than I got right, um, is making sure your family is getting the best of you, not the leftovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because you'll give the best of you to your ministry. You'll give all your energy to the ministry and then you'll come home and you're tired and you're worn out. It's been a long youth night or a long day at the office and you just want to sit, you just want to veg. And so your wife or your kids get the leftovers. And it's really churning how to, again, it comes back to the word balance. How do I balance that out? Mm. So the, the, the both worlds are getting the, the best of me, not the leftovers. And, and we use that word when we talk about time and balancing family. But again, I, I really hit on that word balance. Is it balanced? Is it, is it even? Is it, is it across the board? Is there one that's way heavier than the other? And, and, and Charlie's right in the sense it should be um, God, um, your, your family, and then your ministry. But we can't not um, be under the understanding that God has called us to ministry. So it is important to him. It has to be important to us. And so it's really discovering how do I balance this out. And any youth pastor um, needs to make sure their spouse is helping them figure out what that balance is and really listen to them and and hear when they say, hey, it's unbalanced. Mm. Yep. And respect that and honor that and say, you're right. Instead of which most times I think um, pastors push back and say, no, it's fine. We're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of just saying, okay. Yeah. You know, and it's one of the things that, that, again, I really tell young youth pastors is um, give your give your spouse veto powers Mm -hmm. um, in your schedule, because most youth pastors I know say yes to everything. Mm. Um, You know, Amy has always had um, veto power. And we've taught that to Tanner. Tanner's vetoed me um, on, um, on, on <laughs> literally called me and said, I veto. And, uh, <laughs> and because they have to know that we're a bigger priority than your ministry. Amy yeah, knows that. Yeah. She's a bigger priority than my ministry. Yeah. And so she can tell me, you know, no, you've, you've set too many things this week or you've been gone every night this week. Um, we need you. The yeah. kids need you. That's good. Yeah. When I think the best, I'm. I don't think we're going to really add anything more. And and Gary has the most experience about this. And yeah. and I feel like even recently it's become like a a big passion for Gary, with helping us, uh, youth pastors figure this out. And so especially anyone who's listening who's really struggling with that, hit up Gary, man. Like yeah. set up a time to get lunch or coffee. As long as Amy doesn't veto it, like, um, <laughs> but for real. But I would say this, some of the best times, I think there is this like balance and strategy, but also just like enjoy those moments where it all bleeds together. Cause I think that's mm. like, there's nothing better than that. When you're at youth and it worked out that Tanner could bring Sawyer and you know, God, family and ministry are kind of all in this amalgamation of like yeah. one thing. And you're like, oh man, this is, this is it. This is why I do what I do. You know, because there will be seasons where it's very kind of separated, you know, like when your wife or, you know, whatever, you're having a kid, that's a that's a whole thing, right? Where you got to it's it's a little bit more separated. And so anything you can do where it's all together, those are just some of the most amazing moments. And so I'm saying just enjoy those because they're not 
it's not always going to be like that and don't yeah. expect it to because i think that's the thing we're like mm. I just, if she can't come to youth then what you know it's like her work schedule is crazy his work schedule is crazy like you got to just deal with it right now and you know yeah it's kind of how it goes but yeah. uh yeah. yeah man that was good stuff man rick thank you so much for being on the podcast today dude of course gary elliott is always a pleasure yep. we're gonna have to do some seriously editing on this edit episode, bro. What do you mean? Yes, I have no, no idea what he's talking about. You have to, if they don't, <laughs> if, if, let me state this at the end of this episode. <laughs> if Charlie Headley does not edit things out, I want it to be stated. <laughs> Elliot Bland voiced concern about some of the things in this episode well guys we hope you enjoyed today's <laughs> podcast hope you got a good laugh out of today's podcast felt encouraged and if there's any questions that you have um about in the trenches or anything socal youth ministry related please feel free to reach out to us on all of our personal instagrams and also our socal youth pastors instagram but other than that we will make sure to catch you on the next podcast <laughs>